Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Saturday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is May 22nd. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing wonderful. Delightful. I, I can't wait for tomorrow. This was a great Saturday, a great major championship Saturday. We are very blessed and fortunate to be here. It felt like normal, like approximating normal. There were shirtless gentlemen shouting things, go Phil, Baba Booey. There was... <laughs> You know, Phil and there were crowds and Brooksy is getting back involved. Uh, it felt like inside the ropes felt like it meant something today, you know, where, where you're trying to just be amongst the people, get a, you know, sneak through, get a view. It just felt like we were getting back to normal. And of course, you know, we are just, you know, the fans are just a bit player in the show. We, we got Phil delivering, right? Just maybe running out to like what we thought would be a six shot lead. Doing some Phil antics on the back but nine. But also doing some Phil things. You and know? then Brooksy. It feels like, you know, we are shaping up for like, not to do the cross-board analogy, like like Super Bowl type deal. The elderly guy versus the the current dominant guy. The Brooksy, ver Mahomes versus Brady. And it was a fantastic Saturday to set that up. Now Sunday may, may not deliver, but Saturday we did. I think we're forgetting we're burying the lead here. The most feared Sunday player mm. of all Sunday players oh, is lurking in fourth place. He's never had a top 10 in a major <laughs> championship. Sunday Streels is right there, right in the mix, ready to strike. Is this Wilson's moment? Is this the comeback for Wilson, the fat shafts and the cortex and the Triton? Oh, we should tell because everybody, you know, this is big Saturday going into Sunday of a major. You know, they have the uh, the equipment trucks, right? They're all lined up. <laughs> we meant to post this somewhere. Big trucks. You the know, big the, rigs like yeah. Callaway, all these other, you know, brands that are swimming in it, you know, might have drawers with the hot drivers in them. Who knows? Um so you pass them all and you got all the big and then you get to Wilson and it's like this little trailer hitch yeah, on the back a of a pickup truck. It's like a Ford F-150 pulling a trailer. And we we're like Streelman, Brendan Steele, they need more than this. How Gary can Woodland. Yeah, that's true. This this little this little trailer amongst the, the you know, the big 18 wheelers. It was fantastic. But Streelman may the wind tomorrow and they may be swimming in it they may have an 18 wheeler out at the next tour event so what do you got what do you how about wilson though wilson's got two players in the top 10 i mean i don't think i think cal calway might have more maybe why are we doing this why are we getting into wilson i just gotta give respect where respects do that little that little f-150 that could is pulling their weight might have played a role in the watermaker what uh, most impressed you, surprised you? What's your biggest takeaway from the Saturday at Kiowa, the ocean course? I mean, I think the biggest takeaway was Brooks, who said it was the worst he's ever put in his life. It was a stripe show. That's that's who I kind of zeroed in on and watched uh, this afternoon. I, I walked 
with them, and it was just really flawless golf from tee to green. Eamon was with me as well. Oh, yeah. Eamon, Eamon's with us right now, but he's choosing to abstain from the podcast. Sip on his Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> instead. I, I was grouped behind, so I went with Phil. And this is just, it was just made for a great day. I saw you and Eamon up ahead prancing about together, you know, a, a hole ahead with with uh, Brooksy. And who'd Brooksy play with? Brooksy, uh, he played with... Grace. Brandon Grace. Grace. Yes. Um, so it, it was just a fantastic day. Obviously, my Lots take, of people were calling him Brendan. Were they? Yeah. They said, let's go, Brendan. Tunt. The fans were amazing out there. I, you know, my, my patience has not yet run out. We got so many Cavs content. Like, you and I followed Bryson, the thick boy, for a while. Yeah. Uh, and there was just, how much do you bench? And the guy could hit an iron off the tee. And everybody was like, oh, good golly. Holy shit. Like, how, you know, it's like, doesn't even take a full swing. And they just say, how far did that go? But uh, it's good to have the fans. They were lined up. It was such cool atmosphere. Like, on top of the dunes, like, just finding what little nooks and crannies. Because there aren't a lot of grandstands out there. There's not a lot of seating. And if once you're with the group, you're going, right? You're going with them and stay. And so it was just a really cool atmosphere to be involved in. Uh, as fans just scrambled for little like mounds of sand, they could find a vantage point from. It was cool. I, I'm going to say you, you asked me, you know, what surprised me the most? Billy Horschel playing in that featured group in the morning. What about it? Shooting, shooting his way up the leaderboard. He got out from under, uh, you know, Captain Stricker's watchful eye. And then he's tossed, doing his baton tosses, got oh, he comfortable. He felt loose. And he could spend three minutes in his pre-shot routine perfecting his posture, you know, standing there. I thought, I kept thinking the screen was frozen when he was standing behind the golf ball. Oh, you were getting so angry in the media center. Everybody around you was like, you had bad juju flowing off as you were getting agitated. As well, Billy does his little there. Like, false start waggle, yeah. he throws his butt out in the air like does you know this little it feels like we're watching keegan bradley (laughs) it's it's very close to that um i watched phil i i come away impressed on the on the whole how could you not right of course it was very close to being you know the six shot lead but you know apparently they play 18 holes in a round uh, at major championships and you know it felt like a lot of momentum sort of died when he missed the birdie putt. He didn't get up and down uh, on the par five. You know, that's a chip shot. He's got the whole green to work yeah. with, right? He ran it past. That's Phil that he just puts it to tap in range. And if it's not tap in range, it's it's a putt that he makes. I was, up and down. I was trying to toggle back and forth between the groups. Uh, you know, uh, with Kepka and the group ahead, the one thing that's nice about the ocean course, you can kind of watch approach shots, play and then the next he's waiting because the pace of play is so stellar out there right yeah. now you know yeah. it's a really dynamite yeah. pace of play Fantastic. out there um but so the way it works you know you can kind of watch and one of the things is like i'd see phil's approaches and they were fantastic but then you know i'd be 150 yards down the the next fairway i wouldn't hear any roars and yeah. i knew that i kind of it seemed like that was kind of the story of you know, so great, sublime shots, lots of really great shots. The 11th, I think, really took some wind out of his sails. Got to make a birdie on that part Yeah, five. like, well, I mean, he hit that pitch shot up so close, and, <clears throat> and it was, you know, it was a beautifully played hole. And at, at that point, he had played 10 and a half holes perfe- perfectly. Perfect. Yep. Like, uh, so many players had hit 
up on 11 to the right or left, and then they were making pars. You know, it was a really difficult pin. He, of course, hits it perfect spot just short of the green. Great pitch up there. And then he doesn't cash it in, and then sure enough, next hole makes a bogey. Bogey's the next one. Because yeah. he goes, drives it in a, a fairway bunker. He's just got to kind of pop out, can't get I have down. to say, you know, the one of the things, like those volcano bunkers out there yep. are extraordinarily effective yeah like they are there you don't see those bunkers many places and they have really every time i've seen a player go into them it's been almost like a a open championship style sod face bunker pitch out um they they inflict some pain and it's uh it's been fun to watch with those things they you know on a few holes that they come into play they've been very 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 effective um and then you know obviously it just like that's i think the thing that's so interesting with how rounds flow phil it's all about how you get through that bad stretch and brooksy always seems to make these putts you know that are really important he made the one-on-one that you know, he didn't hit a very good putt up onto the green. He had a, a lot of meat on one. He made the putt on 17. He hit maybe the worst putt I've ever seen. What happened to 18? And 18, he missed a shorty. That was yeah, the one he, he kind of missed. missed but, um, you know, 17, he hit a 20-foot putt 12 feet. Oh, really? Oh, God. Like that an did uphill, take a, uphill Phil did catch up foot. with them quickly on 17. I was wondering what was happening up there. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I will say, though, thing with Phil... Like you talked about managing it. So he snipe hooks it after the, his first bogey of the round is 12. He snipes, he snaps it into the, 13. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, into the hazard on 13. But like, I mean, he hit three good shots, two good shots right after that. He yeah. almost got away with a bogey. He missed another shorty putt similar to the one he missed at 11. So like, I was actually almost in th- encouraged by the the re-t ball and then throwing his approach shot like right to the level that it needed to be he missed the putt but uh you were concerned that like it would go fully off the tracks then he hit a couple more foul balls 16 you know i think he got somewhat fortunate he didn't end up in like a, an unplayable clump of grass that's just kind of the crapshoot that you get when you go off into the waste area like that um and, and he ended up under a cart with I don't know. It was a madhouse. I ended up scrambling over there and, and it was ridiculous. But I, I think, you know, the front nine is an all timer, right? A shot on two, a shot was on surgical. three. It was like that was an all time nine holes from Phil. But I, I was very encouraged that that double was his last drop shot when it felt like, you know, the wheels could completely come off. His re was fine and his next approach shot was okay. So I, I think that was actually that, that that was the only amount of bleeding was maybe not a bad sign given Phil's current place. And I mean, I was so thrilled when he surged on the front nine into, uh, into that lead. Cause at, at that point when he makes the turn, I know that there are one of three outcomes are assured catastrophe, a, a utter like runaway, unbelievable win from yep. an all time. Great. Yep. A catastrophe or a big time comeback. And I think we saw Brooks really step to the plate more so than anybody else. Louie kind of was just lingering around. He hit so many approach shots to the right levels of the green or the right quadrant or the right portion of the green, pin high. He's always in the right spot. He just never makes a putt. Well, I think that's the the FedEx hex. Could be. I mean, was this the worst possible final pairing for Big J and the Pontevedra suits. You've got a Courier Cup rival 
UPS, and you got the other guy that's trying to dismantle your entire organization. Like this is like the worst case scenario, probably for the for the PGA Tour. Thank God. I, I mean, had it been an official PGA Tour event, they might have told well, to turn and the then, cameras and off. And then you got your knight in shining armor is Brooks Kepka, who's looking to make it five major wins and nine career wins. Like the guy that just doesn't, doesn't even care. care about PGA Tour events. You know, yeah. like those are your options. And then you got Kevin Streelman lurking. Sunday Streels. All right, let's do, what's the worst case scenario for Sunday? Um, you know, I love the Christian Bezadenhout story, <laughs> but I think that would be the worst case. Worse right? than Streelman? I mean, Streelman what would be hard. What if Bezadenhout catches lightning in the bottle and shoots 67 tomorrow? Do you think that'll be available out there? Who knows? Can't predict the future. I, I, I no clue what the wind's going to yeah. do tomorrow. Yeah. I, I know it's supposed today. to come out this today, right? I mean, it was super score. I think that was a fun Saturday. I, yeah. I like that it was. It played extraordinarily difficult the first two days because of the wind, right. you know. And then giving having a day where birdies were out there and players were able to make moves. You know, granted, most of the moves were made in the morning. Like right. this afternoon, did not yield huge moves, but. <laughs> You know, I think if the the players you most want at the top are at the top, you probably would want a little bit more separation. But at the same time, I mean, there's only ten guys under par. It's pretty yeah. pretty nice leaderboard in that sense. My worst case scenario is probably Streelman. I, I just don't know what you do with that or where it goes. And I, as I was walking out of the media center tonight, someone said, "You know, they're like, are you going to follow Streelman tomorrow?" I was like, you know, good joke, whatever, and. They're like, you know, we're due for one of the, that. We're due for that with these major runs. Like, you know, we, we've had so many, I think it's been, what, since Keegan? Everybody's been in the top 50 in the world at a minimum. You know, you get Tiger winning, you get Brooks, you get uh, JT, just these, these bona fide stars. Uh, I didn't like hearing that. That was my last memory as I left the course. Like, we're due for something like that. I want to say, man, that, that's sort of a, a hex. But, Eamon, would you be excited about Australian win? I'm going for another drink. Ah, uh, <laughs> just lurking in the shadows here, Amen. I didn't know we were going to have three uh, another roommate. This I didn't week. know we were yeah. going to have an audience. <laughs> uh, my best. Who's your best? Say, what's your best case? Are you going to go I, as the Ernie? Uh, I think. That, I think my best case is Brooks. I Brooks gets to number five. Come on, the oldest major championship winner of all time. I know Phil is like exhausting at this point he's caricature he's unscrupulous little fellow not he's, little but you know he's unlikable he's he's just horrendous when it comes to like any sort of like he's not nice to people he wants to go take the you've tour been, of saudi arabia uh, yeah he yeah. wants he wants to go have journalists have to subject themselves to the bone saw, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Regime. He personally is, is advocating for that. But, uh, I was, wa- I was walking with them today and I was just like, God, like this guy has just gotten so far offline. Like, why would you want to threaten all the, like, this is, it's just personal to, gain. Not to That's say what that it's this, for. this is all innocent <laughs> fun and it's, it's, you know, a charity work, but like, this is why would you just wreck all this? What you, you are these people going to ch- chase them through the sand of Riyadh in the King Abdullah course, like they were chasing them through the sand today? Like I, I don't know. He's, I, I just the thrill of that. There obviously they're you're 
giving away something to gain a lot uh, in a bank account. I, I don't know. It was just you know my second best case scenario is yeah. is a Louis Oosthuizen and win just to see you know the the PGA Tour take their fine camera people and really force them wrangle them to find great angles that brown cover out. up the the UPS logo the brown out. Uh, yeah, I think the best case scenario is Phil. The worst. Uh, What's the worst case scenario? I just said Streels. Streels. I mean, you okay. just there's nowhere you go with that. Should we do contender pretender? I mean, Phil is a contender. What does Phil shoot tomorrow? If you had to guess, does he right, shoot? Let's just say the wind's up. He's going to shoot seventy four. <laughs> does that get it done? No. <laughs> okay. That's I, right. this is, I tweeted this, but it it feels watching Brooks. He's letting the other guys bleed themselves out. Watching Brooks this afternoon, it was a very Aaron Hills like just murder drive right down the middle approach to twenty feet all afternoon. And it was that type of golf that, and he, if his putter was hot, he could have gone very, very deep, okay. you know. And obviously, I think Phil's the same way. <laughs> Phil was hitting it close, really close. But it, there's there's this air of ine- inevitability with Brooks, and it, it doesn't feel like he's just going to give something away. What a flip we had at 11, just that birdie putt. I mean, it just felt like we were, I think it was me six, if I'm not, we were at five already. Not, you know, of course, Brooks has fate in his own hands as well to narrow that, but we were close to a six shot lead. But, you know, that's why they play 18 holes. Um, so Phil's a contender. You would put him in the contender bucket, despite your. I think I'd have to put him in the contender bucket since he's leading. Okay, well, you never know. Your anti Phil sentiments run deep. Um, to, to the point of delusion. Brooksy <laughs> contender. He's your, are you picking him to win? Yeah. Okay. I think I may join you there. Louie, two back, one back of Brooks, five under. He's kind of always a contender, but he's never a winner. Is that like what we would say? He, you could make a bold statement and say that Louie is a pretender, and I might go out on that limb. I just... Never felt like he was going to... I mean, he... he he lost three shots on the putting green today. Yeah. Three shots. Yeah. yeah. Three shots on SG the putting putting. green. You yeah. have it? Okay, good. Yeah. I, I want that to is sure extraordinary. There's seven, is, he was 78th. There's, seven, there's 81 players in the field. He was 78th in putting. And somehow he shot even par. Christian Bezadenhout, three under. He's four. Pretender. Okay. Brandon Grace, three under. Pretender. Are we going anywhere? Is there anyone that you would say could be a contender or wouldn't surprise you to threaten the leading number down below two under? We have Woodland Neiman, the thick boy, is two under, do which you, we walked do out. He was on the range. I don't know if you were shocked to see oh, that. He was still he was grinding away on the down. range. There's post game shows with cameras, so he had to be on the range. I uh, think uh, I think Rory's a contender. Right. <laughs> he could go out in 28. What? Should he retire? What's he doing? It was out there for him today. He's, Wind was down. He's got, to be he's fair. Down he the could, middle, 320, if, and then takes four shots to get in from there. To be fair, if he plays well, he could be low club pro. He's a club pro now? Is that where you're putting? I'm he just saying that's, what he, that's the type of thing he's contending where, for. Do you want to talk about your Ben Cook? Oh, Ben Cook he's, is just... And he's marching around the media center just... 
crushing dreams. Guys want to write stories about Ben Cook. He's not a pro. I had a gentleman from PGA Magazine that came up talking about how he's writing about the club pros. I said, let me tell you something. Ben <laughs> Cook is a fucking fraud. <laughs> he's got a Latin America I, card I texted numerous right? players yeah. on the lower rungs of the professional golf world. And I asked, tell me about Ben Cook. And they go, this guy masquerade around, uh, masquerading around as a club pro is one of the most disgusting things. I mean, th- these guys are like, he's been playing full time for three years. Yeah. Like the fact that he's a club pro or even deemed a club pro is fucking pathetic. It's just a joke. Where's your boy it's Brad like Merrick giving lessons at it's court? Just, yeah. He, yeah. That's a, you know Brad Merrick. He, he, was, he the, the, the other thing is it was a cruel joke to pull Brad Merrick in. He's having the week of his life. He makes an eight I'm, on seventeen, and the PGA brings him in for a, a press conference. Well, that's what you do. Twenty five minutes. He had to talk about seventeen. Oh, they really? kept asking him about seventeen. Uh. John, he should have pulled a John like, Rom. How, how are you? How are you? One of the questions was, how are you going to get over what happened on seventeen? Rom went bogey, bogey, <laughs> like, and said, "I'm not talking. I don't want to be here. I, I'm not talking." And he, I appreciate out of that. There. I almost got it. He, he barreling he, out in his escalator. He hammered, on the a, way out. He hammered a, a mic on the tee too. Oh, yeah, he went bogey, bogey. All that perspective down uh, the drain. Yeah, I he, wonder how what Azinger thinks about it this week. You're trying to sh- really shatter the uh, Ben Cook narrative this there, week. But that's there enough. should be no feel good Ben Cook persevering despite being a club Content. pro stories. Okay. There should be zero. Okay. Zero Ben Cook. All right. Club like he should be banished from low club pro. He might be worse. He might be a, a more disgusting guy than Omar Urasi. All right. All right. Is there anyone outside of the Phil Brooks that you would put as contender? Like I'm talking wait Sunjay's one under. Is, let me Corey ask Connors you a question. Is, is there a good is there a good story outside of of the UPS breaking through after the FedEx, you know, curse has been placed on them? Outside of Louis, is there a good story on this leaderboard? I think it's just Phil Brooks, right? No, I, I don't know what there is. Do you? No. The Bazaden how you know, everything that Yeah, that, that's a, a story, fine but story, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thick boy. Thick, thick boy stinks. You got a scummy drop, huh, on four? Yeah. I don't like... It. It, it, yesterday, he got a scummy drop, too. You were pissed about that. What was that? The par five? Uh, yeah, 11. 11. Yeah. I think he got, like, TIO for, for things that were, like, 200 Board yards ahead of him. Yeah. And he yeah. dropped out of the thickest rough on the golf course over into another fairway 35 yards away. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, what? what is going on? Like, how how come he's bullying people around? He's uh, Some people were su- suggesting that, you know, like, this was like PGA Tour treatment, but even more benevolent. They were even more lenient with the thick boy. Um, all right, you got anything else? Any other reactions? That, I, I would just say... I'm, it's been, I don't know. It's been a great experience to get back out. I there. just, I'm going to ice my eardrum because I had a big gentleman just, just kind of just annihilate my eardrum with a baba buoy on the 18th did, tee. Did you witness this, Amen? I did. I was standing right beside it, and it was probably the highlight of the entire week for me. The look of indignation on the egg's face as one of his people, his audience, announced themselves. A Baba Booey. I had a shirtless man who was about 300, 325 pounds with tattoos all over himself. 
He somehow had a Tervis full of something. I don't know if he brought it in, brought the vodka in, and he's just pouring it all over himself, down his <laughs> chest, just spilling all over himself. I somehow ended up next to this gentleman at 17. He's screaming, you know, the F-bomb at Phil. It's just ridiculous. No shirt on. It was, it was my, interesting. My favorite one was the guy that asked Bryson how much he can bench. <laughs> so much calves. So much calves comments to Philly. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Should we do a, a flashback Friday senior? Oh, God. We gotta... Come on. Real fast. All right. I want to do this. Flashback Friday this senior. This is brought to you by Precision Pro. They have launched a new rangefinder this week as the rangefinder is having its moment at the PGA Championship where uh, where they are allowed. It, Phil is going to the rangefinder quite a bit. Like every Bryson, shot. too. Bryson, yeah, Bryson just walks up yeah. the fairway, marches yeah. up the fairway, gets yep. that extra data point. So Precision Pro has their new R1 Smart Range Finder out. Uh, it's available for limited pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. This is a new one. I guess all the reviews are this is like the most advanced range finder ever. The features. They have slope-adjusted distances. They have GPS uh, distance to the front, center, and back of green. You you download. You know what I the saw? They have app. They have wind density or I, air density. I saw this. They have wind assist, which measures the effect the wind will have on each shot. And they have the Find My Precision Pro function, which lets you know where your rangefinder is when you lose it. You know, a lot of people have those tile things for their keys mm. and stuff. This is just you download That's the Precision wonderful. Pro app. I, I lose it links stuff up all the to time. The range I've finder. lost my. I can't tell you how many times I've lost rangefinders, like where I drop them or I leave them in a obscure place. My know? slope creates a customized measurement that's specific to you and your environment by combining a golfer's unique ball data with real-time weather data. So it's like launch angle, ball speed. It's everything's combined with temperature, altitude, humidity to create a distance that's tailored to, I guess, your position. Sounds incredibly illegal for the PGA, but for us on the weekends, this is what we need. Uh, so precision this pro- This is bifurcation the right way. Yeah. It's the right way. Yeah. Stop giving the best, the 99.9, the top 01%, the best stuff. Give it to us. Uh, so the R1 Smart Range Finder is available for pre-order at precisionprogolf.com. We also have the Shotgun 20 uh, uh, promo code for their NX9 Slope, if you're interested in that. But this is the this is the latest and greatest. I guess all these reviews, these equipment people are saying it's, it's you know, advancing the whole Range Finder game. All right, thanks to them for sponsoring Flashback Friday in this edition, Flashback Friday Senior. We're going to do a quick little bit, a couple nuggets from Phil Mickelson's 2005 uh, PGA Championship at Baltusrol. Do you remember anything about this? It was pretty uneventful. No. Like, as far as... That's usually the case for Baltusrol PGAs. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, here's an Alan Shipnuck gamer from 2005. When the weather interrupted, final round ended late Monday morning with lefty's sublimely delicate up-and-down bird from the long grass flanking the green on the 554-yard par 5, 18th hole. So this was his second major, right? He'd won the Masters in April of 2004. He wins in late August or mid-August of 2005. It's his second major. We think the floodgates are opening. The big thing this this year was like the, the Tiger play, right? The, he, he beats back Tiger, beats back Davis Love the Third, beats back Steve Alkington. They go to a Monday finish. A little bit on Tiger. With his victory, Mickelson got the added satisfaction of denying Tiger Woods another piece of history. Woods arrived at the PGA looking to become the first player to win three majors in a season twice, which would have reaffirmed his kind of dominion over the game. Given his Nicholas fetish, 
He seemed like a good bet at Baltusrol, where the bear won. <clears throat> the macho setup. So this was 73-92 yards. It was the longest par 70 of PGA history. <clears throat> Woods reestablished himself this year as the longest hitter among the game's elite players. So this was 04 into 05. He got back to being like you know what happened. The big boomer. The ball. He the got ball. His, yeah. He got his. He got his, his Nike, Nike ball. Yeah. yeah. So the Pro like, V. He, they caught back up. Yep. And he goes. <laughs> they reestablished himself as being this sort is, of that. This is when he was district. using inferior equipment. Yep. This is just yep. he coming out of that wave, and that maybe describes why he's a couple majors short of Jack. Is just because he was playing inferior equipment. Yep, and Philly had just Mickelson had signed his Callaway deal going into this season, and he was trying to sort through all that. Well, we'll get it. There's some symmetry actually to how he was playing today. So Woods, he hit like he couldn't hit it a fairway to save his life. He hit six fairways. He took 35 putts uh, in the second round. He made three straight bogeys. It looked like he was going to miss. Uh, it was be his first missed cut as a major, uh, as a pro. But he played the back nine and three under. <clears throat> including a birdie on the 36th hole to make the cut on the number. He was 12 strokes back of Mickelson, uh, who was like, I'm happy that I'm not facing Tiger, right? He's winning like at a record clip again. He's winning all the majors, but he's 12 shot back, made the cut on the number. Phil goes, uh, of the cushion with Tiger, he goes, it doesn't suck. If you're looking for me to shed a tear, it's not going to happen. Of course, Tiger just roars back, right? You know, the greatest competitors want to beat the best at their best. Oh, taking another shot. Steve, but Mickelson is just owning New York. This is where the whole New York stuff, and I don't want to get into it. He, he was ta- anointed by the New York Times as the New York's pro because he obviously had Beth Page uh, prior to that. He had Shinnecock 04. Um, and he just really he like Wall Street. He leaned into that. <laughs> so here's where he was in his game. The cheers helped inspire. This is again, Alan, inspire Mickelson, the kind of passion that had been missing for most of the last six months, during which he was a non-factor in the preceding three majors. Again, he'd won his first one the year before. The swoon had its origins in his equipment change to Callaway clubs and balls that Mickelson made in the fall of 04. He was seeking more endorsement money. And more distance off the tee, and he got both in excess. Armed with his new sticks, he began the season with the most dominant run of his career. He won in Phoenix Pebble. <clears throat> he dropped to six. He, he, he posted sixty in Scottsdale. Uh, his overpowering victories left Mickelson drunk with distance and badly impaired his judgment. His story of his breakthrough victory at the 04 Masters was his restraint. You know, he, he you know employed the high soft cut. Uh, that went you know 20 yards shorter than he was used to, but he won. So then in New York, uh, the, the new Phil going into 05, he went back to his old ways during the first three majors, just ripping it and bashed his way to irrelevance at each. He's such a know-it-all that players have given him the sardonic nickname Genius, but he had, had outsmarted himself by abandoning the cut shot that had won him the Masters. So we're seeing that a bit this week, right? I saw her Dottie refer to that on, I think, three, or mm-hmm. I guess maybe two, um, just like he's not doing the bombs thing. Yeah. Uh, he did a few well, times. You know he what he's, you know what there, he's doing this week is he's hitting great approach shots, which has always been the reason that he's been a great player. Yeah. It's not because of his, dis- it's because he's a, a dynamic approach play player. Unbelievable, extraordinary iron player. That's always why he's been a great player. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Tiger shoots 66 and he goes from uh, 62nd to 20th, but still six back. Um, 
He he bogeyed. He made early two bogeys on Sunday, but he birdied four of his 11 holes to shoot a 68, and he took the clubhouse lead at two under. Um, this was the disaster, right? It's a Monday finish. He was one up. Mickelson's one up on uh, Steve Alkington and Thomas Bjorn, and he was two ahead of Love, Sane, and Woods. So that's a macho leaderboard. All the big names. Fuck off, Eamon. Um, but they were speeding towards an amazing leaderboard, speeding towards a thrilling finish, but the greed and arrogance of CBS and the PGA of America pulled the plug on the show. Greed and arrogance per Alan Shipnuck. Wow. In an effort to attract the larger TV ratings, they put the last two sums out at 3 p.m., even though there was storms in the forecast. And, of course, they had a late start. Um, you know, Mickelson. Oh, and Saturday night, Mickelson was having trouble seeing the breaks in the twilight. And he asked, he, he beseeched tournament officials to move up tee times, and they denied it. So then Sunday, lightning storms hit uh, around at 2.30. Then 6.35, they have to pull him off the course. I think he's on the 14th hole. Uh, nothing really happens the next day. He's got to get up and down. He, he, you know, the famous story, kind of the syrupy bullshit that everybody wrote up is he went to the plaque for Nicholas's one iron. He tapped it. But then he hit his three foot like in the rough. Like he didn't make the shot. Everybody t- said that was the story, but like he still had to do a flop shot. He gets up and down. Uh, when, it was like a famous flop shot, uh, amazing shot. He gets up and down and, and gets his second major championship win. Um, this was so at the time, TNT had just signed up. And Charles, terms. Charles Barkley was there. And he goes, Phil's the most talented golfer I've ever played with, but if he worked as hard as Tiger, he'd be there every week too. This is a common critique. But Mickelson has actually become something of a gym rat in the last couple of years, working out four times a week. <laughs> but he's still like a little doughy, right? And his, his trainer then, Sean Cochran, was super defensive about him still being like the, the, those critiques. It's not about how you look wearing a Speedo, Cochran says. We're doing cross-specific exercises to build his body for golf. That may be paying off. On, a second, on his way to a second major, Mickelson Cochran not only the brutal heat, but also the ha- having... Also, the strain of having to sleep on the lead for four nights in a row because he went to bed Sunday night with the delay. There may be no stopping him now. I've got several other things on club pros and how Baltusrol finishes with two part fives, but that's it. That's a good little Mickelson symmetry about yeah. abandoning you know, his cut shot that one of the masters to do the power game. Uh, and it seems like we're getting a little bit of that guile, as to use a name and Lynch term from last night this week. All right. Oh, the other big thing. Tiger jetted out of town. He had the clubhouse lead. He jetted out of town when they called the delay on Sunday night. And to like a lot of players were like, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know why he did that. He well, just he knew. ejected. There was like some extremely spicy takes, columns about it. Like, you know, he risked disqualification. It was poor judgment and illustrative of Woods' distaste for anything but first. So like people got really, Stuart Sink, I'm surprised he left. He shouldn't have left. And so that was another little bit from this 2005 PGA. That's your Precision Pro Flashback Friday. All right. Everyone enjoy. Big Enjoy Sunday. your Sundays. We'll be back with the Sunday wrap-up to uh, recap the PGA Championship. Good night. Good night.